Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wisdom for Life broadcast. This is Pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you. Hey, turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Talking about being foreigners and nerds for Jesus, man. Foreigners and nerds. Yeah. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Quick announcement, just want to say that next week, uh, over 25 new members are going to be welcome in our church next week. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Praise God. 1 Peter 2, 11. Okay, you should be there. We're going to do a little association uh, game here. And I just want to know what these people have in, in common. And uh, you tell me. Yeah, these people. who the, what, Yeah, good. All right. Cool. Who do we got up here? We've got, who's the first one? Steve Urkel, good. And who's that over there? Screech. And, and who's over here? Napoleon and Kip. And who? Un- Uncle Rico, man. That's Uncle Rico. That's not Pedro. What's wrong with you guys? And over here in the right, uh, uh, well, my right, your right, yeah. Who's that in the corner there? Steve Jobs. What do they all got in common? They're nerds. They're total nerds. When I ask you this morning, were you a nerd? Were you ever a nerd in your life? Let me tell you, I was a king of nerds. I just had, I, we went to the Star Trek convention recently and, and uh, the exhibit and got our pictures taken uh, on the ship of the Enterprise. That's nerdy. It's nerdy stuff for a family to do that. It's just nerdy. That, that's, that's me. It, and it's funny how you look at those nerds and you see like Steve Jobs, these nerds all grew up and some of them became pretty successful. They were outcasts in high school maybe. But as they grew up, they weren't pumping gas or something, not that there's anything wrong with that, but they ended up be, becoming millionaires. These guys ended up becoming influential. How many of you know it's not always bad to be a nerd? Come on, it's not. It's not. It's being different. It's going against the crowd, the establishment. And if that's nerdy, then Jesus was nerdy. Jesus did a lot of against the crowd, against the establishment things. He wasn't always very popular. I don't know about you, but I didn't care about being popular. Obviously, it didn't matter to me growing up. He wasn't always uh, what everybody expected or thought. He wasn't going the way of the crowd. He wasn't afraid to be nerdy. And what are some of the nerdy things that Jesus did? Well, he talked about loving your enemy. That was nerdy back then. Or to do good to those that uh, would do harm to you. To turn the other cheek, right? He, He... He did nerdy things and weird things like saying adultery could be in a look instead of an actual physical act. He said, if you look upon a woman with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery with her. That was nerdy. When people heard that stuff, they thought, how strange, how weird. He said a lot of weird things and foreign things and alien things. And as we're talking about aliens a little bit, how many of you know every nerd's into aliens, right? Let's do another association game here. We're going to look at some people. Okay. Do you remember that guy, Alf? Alf was, Alf rocks, man. If you don't like Alf, we got a problem. Alf was cool. Ho, ho, Alf. And, and what did Alf do? He, he ate cats. You remember? He loved to eat cats. So you had to keep your cats away 
from from Alf. And then over here in the court, remember Mork and Mindy? Remember Mork and and what did Mork say all the time? Nanny, but he did it like kind of like nanny, like that nanu nanu, right? Right. And that's where all this. Hey, if you were like growing up as a kid, everybody had the Mork for Mork suspenders, right? And it had the like the hand going this way, and there was like a moon on the other side or something. Okay. And uh, then Superman, he's from Krypton. He's an alien, right? Come on. And 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 who sat down at the at the bottom? That's that's Pastor Alton and, and Bob. They're not aliens, are they? Big Papa in the front row. And then and then Jesus. Why would Jesus be an alien? Because he came from somewhere else. He came from somewhere else, and he he was a foreigner to this world. And yet he did a lot of things to still connect with this world. He was alien yet foreign. You know, growing up in high school, we uh we had some uh we had some foreign exchange students that came. And uh to me, I don't know, I'm going showing my age, but to me, they looked like they 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 sang and played for the group ABBA. You remember ABBA? And and they thought it was cool, but it was the 80s now. It wasn't the 70s anymore. So and being where they're from, it was cool to dress in like the one-piece jumpsuit or whatever. And they'd wear that to high school. And everybody'd laugh, but but they couldn't get it because you could see it on their face. They're like, back home, this is cool. Back home, this isn't nerdy. But in the United States, it was definitely nerdy to have a one-piece like walking leotard thing. Wearing that in the lunch line wasn't going to work. How many of you know when you're from somewhere else, or rather when your home is somewhere else, that may make you start to do some pretty nerdy things. You know where I'm headed with this. It's alien. It's nerdy. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 in our text, it helps us out with that. It says, Dear friends, I warn you as aliens and strangers. Another version says temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when He judges the world. Did you see that? He said, I'm urging you as aliens, as foreigners, as strangers, as temporary residents. That's you. That is who we are as believers. We should be a little bit nerdy. We shouldn't completely fit in. We should be alien to the world. We should be foreigners to the, there should be a difference between the world and the way we live. And that's what Peter is saying. Would you pray with me? Father God, in the name of Jesus, help us to hear the balance this morning. Help us to see that God, we are to be different, but not distant. That God, we're to connect, but not conform. That God, there should be something alien about our lives, but it should come from our hearts, not necessarily in our dress or in our religious ways. Help us to connect God as foreigners from our heart to a world that's broken. In Jesus' name, and everybody said loudly, Amen. When your horn, when your, when your horn, when your horn, 
When your home is truly somewhere else, you shouldn't be blending in. You shouldn't blend in with the crowd. Because this world is not our home, we understand Philippians 3.20 when it says, we are citizens of, watch this, heaven. We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for Him to return as our Savior. You see, we're here on the earth for just a short time. But we're really not citizens of this place. It shouldn't bother you that this place has fallen apart. Because you are not a citizen of this place. Your home is heaven. And I want to tell you this morning, that's some good news. Because this world's junky. It really is. There's sickness here. There's disease here. We live still in a fallen world. We have a connection with the power of the Holy Spirit. We have a relationship with our Savior. But we're still on, on planet junk. Every, you know, we've got one thing in common with Fred Sanford, and that is, that is this. We're all junk collectors. This whole planet is full of stuff that's rotting away. Ever feel like you're just falling apart? That's a big part of this world. We shouldn't cling too tightly to this world because we are citizens and aliens. We belong somewhere else. For some reason, God, once we get saved and we become citizens of heaven, doesn't immediately remove us the minute we become Christians. He keeps us here living as aliens on this planet Earth until He decides to keep us home. And have you ever thought about that? Think about that for a minute. If we belong somewhere else, why does He leave us here? We belong there. Please get this inside of your spirits this morning. You do not belong here. You should not fit in here. And it should feel that way every day of your life as you're serving the Savior. So if we don't fit in and we don't belong here, why doesn't He just take us? Why doesn't He just rapture us now? Think about that for a minute. Why does He keep us here? What does He expect us to do? How does He expect us to live as different people and aliens in this foreign world? 1 Peter chapter 1.13 helps us out with that. He says, so think clearly and exercise what? Self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy. Say holy. You must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy. For the Scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Peter is saying here, be holy in everything that you do. When you start to do holy things, that will come off like a nerd. It should come off like a nerd. Because it is nerdy to the world. The message of the cross is foolishness to them that are dying. And when they see your nerdy ways, they're going to go, oh, that's so different. Oh, that's something else. You're alien. You're a foreign exchange student to me. But what does the Bible mean by holy in the New Testament? Here's what it means. Not only to separate... We're going to have to balance that for a second in a minute, okay? But it also means to make different. Would you say that with me? To make different. You are different, and you should be. But that should never cause you to be distant. 
Now listen very carefully because I'm about to stretch you spiritually. Listen carefully. There has been long periods of time in church history where Puritan thinking has entered into the minds of the church and people started whole communes where they went off together to be righteous, separating themselves completely from the world. How does the world get saved if we all go off to a mountain somewhere and quit our jobs and start drinking Kool-Aid? How does that happen? We are to be different, but not distant. There is a reason why you work where you work. Stop asking God to give you a job where there's more Christians and start being the lighthouse of God where you are. Think missionally. You are more than just a Christian. You are a missionary for Christ to the culture that God has placed you in. You are there by design, on purpose, for such a time as this. Be that light to the lost. Be different, but not necessarily distant. Can you say amen? God wants us to be holy. That means there's something different about us, but not necessarily distance. We see a lot of Christians doing a lot of things that they think make them different. But being different and being holy comes from our heart. It's not an outward thing. It's an inward thing, right? Now, some of you have any and outy belly buttons. Don't want to see that. But I can tell you this, we're talking about any right now. We're talking on the inside of your heart. That's where the the difference is at. You see, there's always subcultures that come and go with their own set of rules. Let me give you a few examples in the world. You had the Sochas, the, the, the Greasers. You had uh, the Rockers, right? You had the, the Hippies. More recently, you, uh, you have, uh, let's see, you have the Emos, which I used to call the Elmos, but the Emos and, uh, and the Hipsters are, is the new craze. Well, in the Christian church, we've had all of these subcultures too where we start to do things that make us stand out and make us think that what we're doing makes us a Christian. But it doesn't. For instance, let me give you a few examples. Would you like a few? Okay, here's a few. I was out to lunch with a man one time, a wealthy man. At the end of our lunch, he lays down a chick track. You know those, the chick tracks, the ones that say everybody's going to hell, okay? Those. Puts one down instead of leaving a tip. I said, whoa, wait, let me take care of the tip. Let's put a tip inside that at least or something. Oh, no, no, no. They need this far more than they need the tip. Think about this, people. Yeah, they're going to really identify with that. They're going to really... How about this? How about the what would Jesus do craze? Right? I would go to conferences and I would see pastors... We're talking 40, 50-year-old pastors. They had their What Would Jesus Do t-shirt with their What Would Jesus Do bracelets. They had their What Would Jesus Do everything. And they'd show up to a Christian conference where there's nothing but other Christians there wearing What Would Jesus Do everything. And my only problem with that is, is if Jesus showed up, would he say, what would I do? Would he wear a What Would Jesus Do t-shirt that said, what would I do? Think about it for a minute. And we've got all kinds of unbiblical Christianese, things that uh, that we say in church. Would you care for a few? 
Here's a few, and, and this is unbiblical, all right? I'm going to give you the Christian statement and then the real, the translation. Here it is, okay? Here's the first one. I'll pray about that. Translation, no, okay? Uh, here's another one. We need to pray for so-and-so. Translation, guess what I just heard? Uh, here's the next one. I'm waiting for God to open some doors. Translation, I'm living in my parents' basement and I need a job. God gave me a word for you. Translation, you need my advice desperately to help you with your present disaster. I'm going to have my quiet time now. Translation, leave me alone. God is good. Translation, my life stinks. Here's one. I, I hear this all the time. Oh, bless her heart. Translation, she does some dumb stuff. I have the gift of discernment. Translation, I can judge people without even speaking to them. You go to a funeral. At the end of a funeral, it's a Christian funeral, and you hear this, oh, Uncle Joe died. He was a welder here on earth. I guess God needed a welder in heaven. What? Huh? Do you know how that, how does the lost identify with that? Like when I get to heaven, I'm going to punch in and start welding some more? My wife's side of the family, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but at one of our family reunions, there was, there's a series of them that are really into NASCAR. And uh, being into NASCAR, they, there's a few of them that really love Dale Earnhardt, okay? And so they've got this bumper sticker and it says, God must have needed a driver in heaven. God must have needed... So God picked somebody who crashed and died. Is that what you're saying? Why not pick out Morgan Freeman, right? He, at least he drove Miss Daisy. He, God could take him home. Think about it, Christians. Oh, and the bumper stickers never end. In case of rapture, this car will be unmanned. Nobody following you that doesn't that that is a uh, lost is going to understand that they don't even care, or or or, or your choice of eternity, smoking or non-smoking, as if you can you can take a Christless eternity and trivialize it down to smoking tobacco. Come on, really? And you remember the age where we couldn't swim in mixed bathing? Remember you couldn't go to the beach or somebody's pool if the girls were there, or vice versa. Or you couldn't, uh, you couldn't play cards or you couldn't play pool. And that was all associated with going to heaven. That was all so, it was just weird. It was just goofy and weird. I had some next door neighbors before I got saved. They were the weirdest people on the planet. Weird. I'd be outside playing with their kids, right? They weren't allowed to say poop and pee. Now, if that offends you, get sanctified. You're okay. So I'd be out playing with them. And instead of saying, instead of saying number one or number two, they had to say duty. Okay. My first, upon hearing that, of being an unsaved kid, you know, I'm playing with this, we're playing war. Bang, 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 bang. He goes, duty, duty. And I'm like, you are weird, dude. Around his mom, I couldn't say devil eggs or devil ham because it said the word devil in there. That's not holiness. 
None of that stuff is holiness. That's just our attempt to have our own Christianese subculture. To keep ourselves from the world in ways where we think we're living holy and we're not. What really makes us different? Let me tell you. This ought to strike your heart right now. Jesus said in in John chapter 13, verse 35, He says, They will know you are my followers by your love. And you say, how nerdy is love? Very nerdy. Very nerdy. Here's what I do with some guys. And if you call me, you're going to get this. Just before I hang up with a guy on the phone, I just say, and I love you. And they go, uh, 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 bye. But I do. I do. You see how foreign and nerdy it is to love people? When you actually express it, when you actually do what the Bible calls holy, it's nerdy. It's nerdy enough. You don't have to attach anything to it. Just loving people can be weird and strange and even nerdy. You know, some people are so heavenly minded. They're just no earthly good. They try to be so reverent that they're no longer real. They try to come off so religious, but they are seldom relational. They're so busy doing church that they fail to be the church and connect with people. And it's based on a wrong belief system. And I want you to listen very carefully because this may go counterintuitive to what you've been taught or the way you're living now. And I'd like to ask you to repent of it. Here it is. Here's the wrong belief system. Our separation from the world is physical. It's not in our hearts. It's it's a physical outward thing. That is unbiblical. Listen, that is unbiblical. You might as well put on Quaker hats, join together, and go out and raise barns for the rest of your life. Unbiblical. If you homeschool, God bless you. I homeschooled my kids too. But I'm not a homeschool Nazi. At some point, my kids need to enter the world and be a missionary in it. You know? Well, I can't work at a secular place and I can't go to secular stores and I can't go to this and I can't go to that because I gotta be separate. Separation is not physical. That's not what the Bible is saying. And let me teach you why. Jesus taught us that connection and touching the lives of the world is essential to ministry. Think of the two types of people he touched. Lepers. And I'll say it strongly. Prostitutes. He touched lepers when it was unlawful to do so. Separation, 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 separation. I've got to be holy. It's unholy to touch you. And yet Jesus understood that holiness is the heart. And my love for you, to minister to you, is everything. And so I reach out and I touch you and I command you to be healed. Did you know that He could have healed them just by a word? Why did He have to touch them? Think about it. He was trying to get people to understand how this really works. And prostitutes? Well, the first category had never been touched physically. The second category had never been touched with God's love and grace. They've always been touched in a wrong way. And you say, there's no way I can, there's no way I can make contact with the world. I'm an alien. Making contact with the world is what an alien is all about. Take me to your leader. Let me tell your leader about Christ, and about God's love. It's contact with the world that is really paramount. 
to the message in the ministry of Jesus. God doesn't expect us to be distant from the world. Watch this. He put us in the world for a reason. He wants us to be different, not distant. He wants us to be different, not distant. In other words, He's created us to be different so that we might make a difference. You can't make a difference unless you're different. And we need to kind of balance this a little bit because some of us blend in a little too much. Some of us make a little bit too much contact. It's to the point of joining them. It's to the point of doing everything that they do. And that doesn't reach the lost. There should be something a little weird about you, but it should be your love and your heart. It should be your peace, your joy. It should be the fruit of the Spirit that comes out of your life. The problem is that we want to see the world change without being different and treated as a nerd. We'd love to see folks at work change, but we don't want to be different enough to be persecuted. And if you are a nerd, you will be hated. Listen carefully. If you love people when it's unpopular to love, if you give when people are taken, if you're there serving when other people are quitting, you will be deemed a nerd. And nerds get persecuted. Listen carefully. Jesus said they hate me. They're going to hate you. Now, I want to I want to speak very soberly to this church. Very soberly. If there isn't something about your life that the world hates, you might be blending in. You might be fitting in. You might be trying to be popular with the crowd. You might be going along with the herd. There should be something about your life that at some point... People look and they say, that is nerdy, and they make fun of it until they come to a crisis, until their heart is broken. And then the same person that was pointing their finger at you and saying that's nerdy and that's weird is now with tears in their eyes saying, help me. You obviously have the answer that everyone else doesn't. You see, normal isn't working. The norm isn't working anymore. And I need something different than what I currently have because what I currently have is a disaster. And you have something I've never seen before. You are a foreigner. You are an alien. And I want some of that. I want some of that. I'm connecting with you for a reason. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. The problem is we fit in so much. And we resist wanting to be persecuted. We resist wanting to be made fun of at all that we blend in so much that when the heartache comes, they never come to us because they don't know we do exist. They don't know there is a difference. They can't see us standing out from the rest of the crowd by our love. They don't see it there because we're too busy being like everyone else. Listen, church. If you get three and four divorces, you're not exactly going to be able to minister to someone who's going through a divorce. Listen, church, if you're struggling with chemicals, and by that I mean everything from Twinkies to smoking to it all, if you're bigger in a house, you're not exactly going to be able to sit down with somebody and talk to them about self-control. Am I making it? Some of you are getting offended, but I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you, you got to be different for someone to want to come to you and get an answer from you.